All right. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Freedom Tribe podcast. Uh, we're very, very happy to be having uh, someone very excited with us. Um, Lauren Tickner from the UK. Uh, she's a very, very accomplished young woman. Um, we're very happy to have her. And this conversation is going to take us in many different directions. But first, let's start with a simple introduction. Uh, Lauren, can you tell us about a little bit about yourself, uh, your, your brief story? Yeah, absolutely. So thanks so much for having me, guys. It was great to meet in person, Hassan, here well, in Dubai. And that was always a, a fun experience. So many cool people are always coming and going. And so I'm, I'm very grateful to, to live there. And so I got started because, honestly, I had a corporate job when I was 18. And my dream for my whole life was to work in asset management. And I always wanted to be a fund manager. And so I finally got that dream job. And I was there and just within a matter of days, I was just feeling so disappointed because I was like, is this it? Like, is this it? And then after working there for a while, I saw all the people around me who were like the top, the top. And there was no women asset managers, like fund managers. They were all PAs. And all of the men were in their 60s and 70s. And I just thought, this is crazy. They've been working their whole lives in this corporate job to get to where they are now. and. I would hear them always just being in such a bad mood, so negative, always complaining, always just moaning about their lives. And one day there was a guy who sat behind me and he was quite high up. He wasn't like a, a top manager or anything, but he was basically speaking to um, like some, some of his colleagues and he was saying like, oh yeah, my daughter just wrecked her car. So now I'm going to have to pay to get that fixed. And we aren't going to be able to go on holiday this summer. And his daughter was the same age as me at the time. And I was thinking, huh, if that happened to like, if that happened to my dad and then our whole entire like family once in a year vacation couldn't happen because I crashed my car, like we would be losing out on just the one time to be together as a family other than like one day every now and then on a holiday. And um, it just became very apparent to me, like, holy crap, if I keep working here, I'm working towards becoming just like them when they don't have freedom. And I had realized very quickly that success from the outside is not actually success because everyone has this very fixed definition of it. And it's interesting now looking back because what I find is that entrepreneurs kind of in our space, we have a very different definition of success than a lot of people. And I don't think it's as much financially led, but what's interesting is that money is ultimately just a byproduct of value that you put out there into the world. And so I think. At that point, I had this passion for fitness and I was already posting on Instagram and just sharing my journey. I just wanted to make friends with other girls that were into fitness. And uh, the only thing that was keeping me sane while I was working in that corporate job was like checking my Instagram just to see what was going on in the fitness community. And so, yeah, basically, long story short, I left that job. I then went all in on fitness. And then after a while, I built an audience there. I was doing online coaching, selling fitness ebooks in the heyday of the fitness ebook times. But I never really intended to be an entrepreneur. It was just never my plan. So it kind of just came towards me when I decided to just live by my values and actually yeah just stop serving and that's all kind of come from that so yeah I don't know how much depth you want me to go into because uh I, I I've told the story like a few times so I never know if I should share the whole thing but I guess I'll leave it there and then pretty much like after 
helping other people. My friends who were fitness people, we were all sponsored by Gymshark and doing photo shoots with like Reebok and Adidas and stuff. Those companies started pivoting more mainstream to serve um, and, and work with like big celebs rather than sort of like very fitness specific creators. Um, and then we, we all got dropped by Gymshark. And at that point, my friends who were also sponsored by them, they came to me like, Lauren, what is all this stuff that you're doing? Like, what's this, this landing page? Like, why are you promoting all this like challenge thing? And I told them what I was doing. And I knew that if I shared my funnel with them, I'd get like affiliate commission. So I told them some stuff and I told them what to do. And I just wanted to help them out. Some of them had seven figure launches. And like, just from, you know, what I had told them to do, because they had such millions and millions of followers. And uh, yeah, basically, that's how Impact School was born. Yeah. That's insane. Seven figure launch, not knowing what they're doing with a share funnel. That's the ultimate headline for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was a while ago now as well. I don't think it would be as easy now, honestly, because there's more people in the space. But back then, like not many people were, were selling proper coaching programs. They were mainly just selling ebooks. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's such an interesting story. You mentioned that success as an entrepreneur for us as entrepreneurs is a little different than regular folks like corporate world. How do you define success? For me, it's just the intersection of freedom and fulfillment. Freedom and fulfillment. Very cool. Very cool. And um, I got to ask you this, because I think a lot of people will be, will be wondering about this if they're following you on Instagram, which I am. Um, you're, you talk about closing high ticket clients without sales calls. Uh, would you be able to elaborate on that? Yeah, for sure. So I think it's interesting because oftentimes the industry norm becomes just a rite of passage. And so we do something just because everyone else around us is doing it. So if we go back to the fitness example, everyone started posting these very specific workouts on their Instagrams because they knew that's how you could grow. Everyone right now on TikTok is posting the exact same content. Everyone is selling high ticket on sales calls because that's what people who are authority figures in the space say that you need to do. A few years ago, everyone was doing webinars, right? And so because an authority figure says that that's how it needs to be done, we just take that as gospel. And then a bunch of other people see that this authority figure is making a load of money. So they then begin to take this concept and teaching it as though it's their own and putting a slight spin on it. And so I think it's, it's fascinating because if I think when I first got started just online, how did I make sales? Well, okay. At the very beginning, I royally screwed up. I made a big mistake when I first started because someone would come in inquiring to work with me. I'd have them fill out this really long application, send me emails back and forth. And I was basically saying like, no, don't send me money. <laughs> okay. And so then I just, it was like prolonging the process. And I think there's a lot of negative self-belief that is why people do those things it's ultimately just self-sabotage right if I look back on myself back then because I didn't really know what I was doing I was like 18 years old right? I had no bloody clue and so um anyway when it comes to when I actually started bringing in the best clients that I loved working with the most the way that I actually would enroll them is that I would send them videos through either Snapchat conversations because Snapchat was a thing back then or through Instagram DM conversations and I began thinking recently, like, I'm, I'm a really big fan of, of divergent thinking. So I'll take a concept and then I'll ask myself a bunch of questions around that concept to come up with various different answers. So I was thinking, what if I could never take a single sales call in my life? What if I didn't want to be dependent on a sales team? 
what would my competitors do if they wanted to put me out of business today? How would I consistently have new clients every single day if it was just me and no one else on my team? And so I pretty much took that concept and those ideas and I said, for two weeks, all I'm going to do other than my leadership team meetings is I'm going to focus on exactly that. And so I began trying and testing a few things. I took some sales calls because I wanted to see what people were actually saying. And I found it was interesting because the people who became clients, they would have become clients. They would have just, if I'd have sent them a message saying, hey, here's the deal, like here's the price, here's how you get in, just, you know, here's how you pay. And the people that didn't become clients, they would like keep objecting, they keep needing to think about it. And I know how to handle objections, right? And I would handle the objection and I'd go back and I would literally say to them, okay, so if we could put you down a dollar today, we get you started with just $1, we will work with you as you begin to make your money back, would we get started? And they'd tell me, no, it's too much of a risk. And I said, well, I'm gonna 100% guarantee you results. Still, they'd say no, okay? So basically I'd be on a sales call for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but it's not really about the time. It's about the block of calendar that kind of just gets in the way of being in flow. And so I just realized, you know what? I'm gonna try going back to what I was doing before. And so I identified every successful client close that we'd had in the past couple months. And I looked at the common traits and I noticed that there were a few variables that always happen every single time. And the first thing was that they would actually have a special that they would feel special okay so like I would make them feel special or my team would make them feel special like we would ask them about themselves simple stuff right ask them about themselves and let them know you are exactly the type of person that we can help and like okay my problem is that I can't generate leads okay perfect that's exactly what we help with at impact school my ads aren't converting okay great well we'll help you build a really solid organic process to bring in new leads and reach more people so We'd make them feel special based around their specific problem. But then the other checklist item was that we realized, well, I, I really dissolved to see what information did they actually know about Impact School, okay? Because you can see things conceptually on social media. And right now we're having our entire website redone. So if you Google it, like as of today, it's not actually so clear. So I realized they had seen a PDF explaining to them what impact school is. And we have a few different PDFs depending on their specific problem. So the way we frame it is centered around them specifically, again, making them feel special. And then the next thing that I realized is that they had viewed a client testimonial and a client that was just like them. And so that would have been sent to them as well, or they'd have watched it on the podcast. And then that's why they'd reached out because they're like, oh, I watched this interview that you did with your client lots, for example. And I saw that she did that, that, and that. And so I, I'm in that exact problem and I really resonated with her pain. And so once I saw those things, I was like, okay, what if I could build this into a checklist so that I could take anyone through that in the, in the direct messenger? And there's a couple of other things such as, you know, sending them a video, using voice notes, et cetera, et cetera. But um, basically now we found that that's literally, it's, it's, it's pretty simple at that point. You just follow the same process again and again and again. And if they're a dream client, you can close them like that. And then if they're objecting and they don't have the money, then you can just ask them, well, how much would you be able to put down so that we can actually get going? And uh, then you can see if you can work with that and figure it out on a payment plan. And because we basically have an asset that converts with Impact School. And so if we put people into that, we know that they're going to get results. And so if we have actual specific milestones for them to be hitting, we know that we can also offer them a guarantee. So 
yeah, that's pretty much uh, how we've done it. So very interesting. Um, my business model is very similar to the old way, according to your new way. Uh, you know, it's a VSL, they book a call, you know, I do, you know, a presentation if they qualify. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious. I do have some questions about, about the system. So you can, uh, I, I'm going to ask some specific questions. Could you, do you have some numbers to share? Like what, what counts as a sales appointment? Like right now, I know if I get 10 appointments, you know, I'll talk to six and then out of those six, I can close one or two, right? So what, what will be the equivalent of a sales appointment to you? And could you share like a little bit more specific of how you get this done? Yeah, for sure. So basically we have eight phases. So phase one through eight, phase one is basically knowing that they're a dream client. So that's when we would take that person and put them on a spreadsheet. And so we have a chat, well, basically a CRM. So then we know that this is a dream client. Phase two is where we send them a special opportunity voice note. Okay, so, you know, an opportunity, hey, you're someone that we're looking for to work with, we can help you, would you be interested in working with us, blah, 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 and the offer, the opportunity will depend upon, you know, what it is right now, so we have a few that we use and that we rotate for uh, through, and also it's different depending on how high level they are, so if they're already making like 50k per month or like 100k per month it's going to be different than if they're kind of just at like you know below 10k per month right so that's kind of variable there the third thing and this is probably like the key metric that you you're referring to as an appointment set so rather than appointment set we have a special opportunity video sent or just like a sales video sent so it's a quick video three minutes on double speed they can check it out and then that basically goes through the the program that we have for them um so that's the equivalent there it's really crazy because we actually find this much more effective than an appointment. Because like if someone's going to get on a sales call and go through an entire appointment and get to the presentation, they're gonna get to the presentation anyways. I think honestly, like the industry right now is beating around the bush. I think everyone's beating around the bush. They're way too afraid to make the offer. Let's get it, let's make an offer. If you're someone that could be a good client, we don't need to try and, you know, pussyfoot around the situation. Let's just go for it. And then that's, how you can close some people in 30 minute chat, literally. If they're live online right now, and the cool thing is as well, you can be having dozens of conversations going on at once rather than just one. And you can be doing it when you're out and about, like as you like, right, whatever you're doing. So um, for us, yeah, like when it comes to the number of uh, people that when we send the video that I actually convert into clients, for that, that's pretty variable, it's higher on the um basically we have a higher level program so that one we know that that will convert much more highly but we also only send that to people that hit spe very specific criteria so like for example if they're not making 50k per month like we won't even send that to them but then if if they do send that then we know they're a really 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 good lead and also they they get it right they understand like they get okay we're talking about joining a program right here whereas people who are like more brand new um they might be sort of you know below 10k per month um maybe they already have another coach and so because we're more we're more about systems rather than kind of just coaching and so if they already have another coach we just handle the objection like okay great like and it's and it's a fact like pretty much half our clients they already have other coaches as well so that's how we handle that um exact numbers I don't have them right in front of me now because we have like this massive notion sheet I mean I could pull it up but we would just need to pause for like 10 minutes while I get that so just depends if you guys want me to do that yeah, no, 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 you don't have to do that. I'm sorry, Hassan, if I'm asking too many questions, but this is very interesting for me because uh, it's it's going against the grain of what I'm doing right now. Um, but neither's so right and neither's wrong. I just want to make that clear. Like, I'm not like, I'm not 
one of these people that gets religious about something because I saw that happen in the fitness industry it's like people who are paleo right it's paleo or just don't even talk to me people that do powerlifting like I was a powerlifter before right and I was like powerlifting is the only way like you can't possibly do supersets in the gym otherwise you're just going to fatigue your muscles too much and it's not going to be the most optimal way to make gains right and so it's just like it's like what works for you what, what works for your team we have a solid solid system that works like when we get a new client in like we really get results so we can offer guaranteed results um in the past if you would have asked me that three years ago i would have been very hesitant to have done that because i wouldn't have been as confident in my team that i have right now and also our frameworks that we use but simultaneously like when it comes to sales calls and everything it works don't get me wrong but um i just feel like with this you you have so much more there are way less variables at play way less variables at play and it's very systematic and like I, I'm just a system weirdo like that's why at impact school like we do systems because like I'm obsessed with it and so um yeah for me this is cool and it's fun and it's very very scalable as well so yeah that's very cool and, and I'm asking these questions because I know 100% people will be asking similar questions if not the same so this might help yeah. with enrolling people into into the the the, the, the philosophy um, I, I do have one one other thought about this and this is kind of taking you know, in business, there's marketing and sales, and then the industry is focusing more on, hey, the person who's the best at sales is the one who's going to close the majority of the leads. But you're using a system right now that's using more of your marketing skill set where you're front-loading them with content of like, hey, this is kind of exactly what we are. If you like it, then here's the invoice. If you don't, then this this might not be the right fit for you. Can you guys still I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. Um, to be honest, I, I see everything very holistically, right? So um, I believe that the best decision that I made in business in the last year was going from an acquisition-focused model to a retention-focused model. And when I shifted my business to being retention-focused, that was really where we fully led with client experience and client results. And that has just done a world of, of, of wonders because I you know me, my team, they can sell with so much conviction because when you're trying to enroll new clients if for example your sales team or whoever's you know doing sales they um if they don't have 100 confidence in what they're selling then they're gonna have a little bit of hesitation in their voice whereas now because of the guarantee that we offer for example um my sales team can just do it with with all the confidence in the world second secondly um i see this as a the fusion between sales and marketing right because it's like i see so many people running so many ads and or doing so much seo or so much organic and they're not following up with their leads and i'm just like you guys are leaving so much on the table every day we're messaging like 400 to 500 people who are in our audience and so we are like and 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 again this is what works for us i'm not saying that one way is right and one way is wrong but it's not as time consuming as you would think either and the cool thing is as well is like this type of way of reaching people, like, cause they're already in your community. Once you've built an audience, like it's a really good way to tap into an audience. People will be asking, okay, well, what if I don't already have a big audience? And if you don't already have a big audience, you can start by doing organic content or or some paid stuff and start building the audience. I just believe in owning your own data massively. And so that's why rather than just following me on Instagram or Facebook or being in my Facebook group, I want to get them off there into my ecosystem. So one of the first checklist items that we do 
is if they're interested in how we can help them, then we'll ask, okay, send me your best email or your best Gmail email, and then I'll send you over a quick presentation. And so then we get that Gmail, boom, add them to a drive folder, and then also add them to our CRM at the same time. So we're having them also in two places. So if somebody's curious about how this works, is there a link they can go to? I mean, they can just message me on social and they'll see. Okay, awesome, awesome. They'll, they yes, can I'm funnel hack me. <laughs> but they have to be they have to be prepared to get closed. Well, they gotta yeah. be. Yeah, so here's I've been I've been listening to you guys to the conversation and yeah, so I I, I do have some uh, some kind of like comments, I guess. Um you guys been talking about like instead of you're basically doing outbound, you know, sales, you're looking for sales, you're following up with people. And not I necessarily. Like not necessarily though. I would say I would say it's about half half, honestly. Yeah, because yeah. like because because the, the leading indicators, so like there's we have phase one is when we know they're a good client, right? So then they'll get added to our CRM. So like if we're just doing outbound, we're not gonna add all those people to our CRM. There's no point at that moment. It's like phase two is when they reply back, like, yeah, I'm interested. That is sort of the phase where like we know that they're interested. So this could be something as simple as them opting into a VSL or them sending a message saying like, hey, Impact School team, I'm really interested in seeing how we can work together, blah, blah, blah. And then phase three is once we have that email address, that's when they get the special opportunity video. And then from there, there's a few more phases, but that's really sort of what I would say is like, um, just so I just want to make sure that like we're on the same page as well, because I see there are some companies that are like, only do prospecting, only prospect, don't even worry about organic content. I don't believe in that. I just believe in having like a safety net so that any organic efforts that you have, you can then capture those through this system that you have and you're not trickling out all these leads. It's kind of like retargeting ads, but much more effective because you're actually the one who's then making your prospect feel special rather than just appearing on their feed. Like, hey, I noticed that you didn't book a sales call or hey, I noticed that you didn't sign up to join me. Instead, it's like, hey, Hassan, I noticed that you have a really impressive SEO agency. I just had a look at your website and the client testimonials that you have are incredible. In fact, I saw that client, Lucy, who quadrupled her traffic in just six months. Um, just out of interest, we're looking for a few people to work closely with um, and uh, we're offering guaranteed results. Would you be interested in getting some support um, to, and then whatever the offer is? Um, so it's much more like that. And so it's, yes, slightly more work, but you can have commission-based salespeople doing this for you. And they will be excited to do that for a fast growing company that's innovative in the space. So it's cool. Yeah, yeah so basically qualifying people like through, through like micro actions. So you have people yeah. take a number of macro actions to qualify them. The more that they take, the more interested they are, the more they're worth your time, I guess, before you 100%. sit down and send them an invoice or an offer right away. And the really cool thing is like when you get super nerdy with this and like as you start bringing in more revenue and, uh, you know, you let's say some people right now, they might not have the ability to hire like a solid marketing team. Once you once you have like proper like marketing nerds and you can bring them on, um, they can do all the, you know, lead scoring in your CRM. And so then as well, you can weight them depending on exactly how many micro actions they've taken and the value of each micro action. So if we know someone sends us a message like with a specific keyword, then that can be much more heavily weighted than if they've just like signed up to like a very simple 
funnel, right? And so that's how as well, like our team are able to prioritize who they want to be talking to first. Okay. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Did you have a, did you have a question, Anna? No, I was going to say you're already halfway close just by her message right there saying, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm already like, what? <laughs> Let's close this. You make, yeah, because you make people feel special. And like, this is the one thing that I think is so true. Like, I truly believe that your best USP can be knowing your ideal client better than anyone else. Because you know what makes them tick. And given that you cannot create new human desire, you can only meet people where they're at. That is also so powerful because when you know where they are, because you've served these people so many times and you've studied them so hard, or maybe it was you just a few years ago, then you can meet them with sort of, you know, I know that 90% of my people are saying like, Ugh, I just can't get more leads or I just don't have the right leads. or I just feel so overwhelmed. I'm so stuck in my business. Like I have to do everything. I had this one dude message me yesterday, like, hey, Lauren, sorry, I didn't get back to you. I was up till five this morning trying to figure out my ads because my cost per acquisition is way too high right now, right? Like this dude, he has a team of seven people and he's staying up until five in the morning because he's so stuck in his business. And so I know that these things that are killing people slowly. And so, so I would challenge anyone right now to think, you know, your clients that you serve, what is genuinely slowly sucking the life out of them? And just get extremely clear on that extremely clear and if you don't know then it's time to yeah take some sales calls right and don't think about them as sales calls think about them as market research because when you're on those calls and you're tied to the sale you're going to be maybe making some decisions that aren't as optimal whereas if you're on that call just learning about them and learning what their real problems are then that's all fuel for your copy for your offers for even your products to then help you scale yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious. I've seen your COO on Facebook, on Instagram. You have a, a lot of team members. What do you see your role as right now in your business at your level right now? Yeah, it's a good question. So I, last year, I think I was really um, just focusing on content. And it was a little, it was like, a, 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 I was a bit too hands-off actually. And I think you do hear that message all the time. Like, I just, I'm so stuck in my business. I don't want to do all the stuff in my business. But what I've realized is like, I actually like rotating through different areas and optimizing things. So for example, this sales team thing, I was just honestly getting frustrated because I saw so many sales calls happening. And then like, they just, they, we were doing like a two part close thing. And um, call one, like oftentimes they would book in a call two, but then in between those two calls, they just wouldn't show. And I was just like, this is so inefficient and it's just so unnecessary. So I was like, okay, let's try a, a one call close. Like it was working, but it was just, again, not, not so strong. And what I realized, like, it's just the process was, it, it was just, it just wasn't necessary. Like it, it just was not necessary. They were coming into the DMs and then in the DMs, they were hungry for it then and there. And some people would even say like, do I need to have a call? I don't want to have a call. I'm too busy. Because these people, my ideal clients, they're so busy. That they they just want help now, and so that's what we that's one of the things I realized. So I like to basically kind of check the numbers from like a high level, and then if something looks a bit off, like I'll go and, and double down into that, right? So nor she's more strong. She's my COO. She's much stronger on like the client fulfillment side, and working with our coaches and the consultants like that serve our clients. And then I would say I'm more strong on building systems for sales and marketing. 
and then also that clients can use for themselves. So something that we find is effective for us, a little while later, once we've got results for it, then we'll begin to share it with the team. So right now, I'm actually focused and I'm enjoying it a lot on training the sales team on this method. We call it the money-making messaging method. <laughs> and then um, when it comes to, yeah, like I spend a lot of time uh, creating content, going on podcasts, uh, just really being like the like speaker of Impact School. But yeah, I mean, I, I just spend a lot of time supporting my team, right? And just empowering them. Because like I can be really good at something, but it's not really important until I can be good at teaching other people how to be good at that thing. That's probably the thing that I spend the most time on is like sharing what I'm good at with my team and empowering them, if that makes sense. Got it. Yeah. So more marketing, a little bit of sales, lots of coaching your team and also working on products, you know, the new me method, uh, the new system that you're selling, which is that you're helping people with, which I would consider product development. I spend a lot of time just just like looking at what we're doing and just trying to make it better, basically, because like it's, we have we have stuff that works. So a historical mistake that I would have made is I would come in and try and change everything just because I have a new idea. Whereas now, instead of doing that, it's more just like optimizing it and, and, and improving it and enhancing it. Yeah, as entrepreneurs, we always like, this whole thing sucks. Let's, let's start from scratch. Right. But then you need the COO yeah. to be like, no, let's keep this rolling. And then you can do the tests uh -huh. on the side. And then if it works, then we can change something slowly. Because if you come into yep. the team, you're like this whole brand new thing that they get scared. People are afraid of change. Uh, that makes makes total sense. So true. Yeah, especially have a big team and a lot of moving parts. So anything you change, you know, it's not just going to impact you or your COO. It's going to impact um, however many people you have on your team. It's just, it's it's a huge mess. That's why I guess it's, it's it's both good and bad to have a big team because you know it's you you can be you know agile. You kind of move fast, but you can't really move too fast when you're like just you and a couple of other people. You can just like change the system. Now with like, we were just four months ago, we were like 15, 18 people. Now we're 30 people. And with 30 people, if I want to change like the, just the, the basic project management system that we use, it's going to take, instead of taking, you know, um, like just a few days to move everybody, it's going to take months to, to move everyone to a new system if you wanted to do that. Yeah, so operational drag can be the death of a scaling business. And so this is a problem with growth that I think a lot of people don't think about because for every single new team member that you have, you have another team member that needs to be managed, right? And of course, you can bring self-starters, but a self-starter is still going to have self-doubt. And you can never forget about the human nature of building a team. And so this is so a problem that I used to have is like, I would just hire like a bunch of people all in one go. And I'd be like, cool, more manpower, like, let's get it. Um, and then a while later I'd have someone complaining or someone's like not doing their job and they're letting the whole team down and yada, yada. And so interesting enough recently, um, something that my COO and I have been actually doing is an, an initiative is that we are taking various different people on the team and actually, we're pretty much trying to now, for example, like we have a guy on my team who is really strong with marketing, web design, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, and so he, uh, we're going to be building like another branch so that then we can use that to serve clients. 
So we're rather than having like such a big team for like impact school, it's kind of just like different like subsidiaries within the same thing. Does that make sense? So we're leaning out the core team, but we're shifting them into different areas so that then they can each have their own like manager and each manager can kind of treat it like their own business. And so for us, that's the reason why I wanted to do that is because, yeah, it's like this operational drag can actually be like, it can be horrendous. I mean, it can just wipe everything out. Um, and I think when you have the right, like when you have the right operations person on your team, it's not as bad, but until you have that, like if you're a visionary CEO, like I truly believe that you need to find your, your counter, counter partner. Cause for me, like, I, I, I think Alex, you were kind of referring to this, like, I have a feeling you might be quite similar to me in our, in our ways of working. Like, yeah, I mean, I like to go like a million miles an hour. And if I didn't have more in my team, like my gosh, <laughs> I would just burn everything down. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if if especially if you don't have people who understand kind of your personality they can just get kind of get burnt out be like dude you're going yeah. like girl you're going too that's fast true. like it's too much <laughs> so you yeah, need the person to kind of uh, translate it down to them and, and like make it more and more easier to 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 digest the whole passion that you have because everything for us is now 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 for our team members it might not be that and they might be right, right? You know, to get it done right, it might take a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. They, they usually are right, actually. Yep. And I think this is where you need to check your ego because sometimes yep. you can think that you're, it's like, it's my way or the highway, but you begin to learn as you hire great people that that's actually not true. And I think sometimes you don't understand the value of other people's ideas if you're only hiring cheap labor. You know what I mean? Until you start bringing in A players, like for me, maybe three three years ago, maybe three and a half years ago was when I started bringing in people who were like much better at me in their own area. And that's when I realized, oh, the reason why I always thought my ideas were the best is because my ideas were the best because I was hiring cheap people because I was being cheap, <laughs> right? And so only when you actually take that leap and bring on a great person, do you realize how amazing everything can be like this morning um I as I told you guys before we got on here I landed super late last night like I did not sleep I had no water so I was like oh my gosh I need to go get some water because you can't drink it out of the tap and like I had a bunch of stuff that needed to get done and I was going to be a bottleneck at that moment because I wanted to review this specific like we're, we're basically going to be creating this um sideways sales letter so a four-part video series and selling high ticket on the back end of that this is a test that we're running right now. And so I wanted to check those videos. I wasn't going to have time. If I didn't check them, then for a few hours, like until after we were done here um, and two more hours after that, I was going to bottleneck this one girl from my team. So I said to Nora, I was like, hey, Nora, can you just quickly check this for me? Like I don't have time. And then by the time I'm even before I'm getting on this podcast with you guys, she's done the whole thing. She's checked four whole long ass videos, done the whole feedback. We even had our team call everything. And it's like, she's on bottleneck. They can both go and do their next thing. And that's because I can trust in the fact that I hired people based upon values as well as skill sets, rather than just being within my budget, right? Because when they have the same values as you and they're onboarded properly, then you know that they're going to make decisions, not because they're worried about being disciplined or whatever. They're going to make decisions because they know it's the right thing to do. And then that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's been really profound. Yeah, I, I, I do like that part, you know, because, you know, like just gets picks my interest because we're always, you know, like we're growing, we're scaling crazy over the last few months. And 
you know, uh, you, you brought a point about how you want to have, uh, you, 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 you think it's like my way or the highway, or you're like going at a certain, at a certain pace. Going at a certain pace might not directly mean that you have an ego problem or whatever, or like doing, doing certain things your way. But like, just, just to come on the point that you guys were saying things like um, being a little bit fast. It's just about fit. That's why I usually always hire people and always give them about three months, you know, like time frame to, 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 to finally kind of like judge them because I don't want to judge them based on an interview or anything. I want to judge them based on my feedback with like, you know, dealing directly with them, the team's feedback directly with that, with that specific person, whether they can keep up with the pace or not. And you know how it is with agencies, you know, you're basically, you're dealing with your colleagues and then you're dealing with clients, especially if you're client facing. Um, so it becomes mm -hmm. kind of like a little bit stressful, a little bit mixed, like erratic, uh, a little bit kind of hard to deal with. And imagine though, that communication part and dealing with humans part and actually being able to do, do, do the work at a specific pace that you're expecting that person to do. And if they don't do it, then there's just, you know, not the right fit. That's why I give people three months before I decide whether to keep them on board or not. Um, and it's just, you know, it's to me, I'm a big believer in not judging people based on like, like brief interactions. Yeah, interview gives you an idea of who that person is, what like their basic skills are, but I, I have to spend time with them before I actually like trust them fully to, to, to stay on and, and I kind of trust them with, the, with my business. So you see what I mean? Yeah, so Noel has this really specific hiring framework i'm just trying to pull it up right now as we speak but um mm -hmm. it's pretty much something along the lines of this right so we'll put out a job application somewhere and she purposely doesn't get them to reply on that job application itself she gets them to send an email with a very very specific headline right because if they don't and by the way every email that comes into the hiring inbox um gets a bounce back okay because if someone doesn't hear back it's really rude i think this is one thing that kind of just annoys me like about um some business owners right they'll have people apply to work for them and they won't give them even the, the sort of like respect of giving them anything back so we had this problem where we were like getting so many people to apply that we physically could not just send a personal email back to all of them and i was like hating myself for that because like I truly believe in just giving everyone the respect so we put this very detailed bounce back email on so anyone that applies they're going to get a bounce back and it has like the next steps and there's like a video to watch that explains everything um and so that solved a, a lot of problems of people being like hi guys like no I applied for this job but like I didn't hear back sometimes people would find me on social media like Lauren, I, I requested to work at your company and I didn't hear back, like what's happening? And so that was causing more operational drag, right? We, the, my, I optimize now for minimizing operational drag because when you minimize operational drag, you can focus on actually operating and hitting your standard operating objectives every day. So today we need to post on this platform, today we need to send this many messages, but today we need to send that email. Those are all the standard operating objectives. Patrick Lentz, only talks about them. And then on the other hand, you can then also focus on your OKRs, so your objectives and key results or any big projects that you have working on right now, that you're working on right now. So um, I just hate operational drag so much. Um, and so anyways, so we have the bounce back email and then they need to have put that keyword in the heading. If they haven't put the keyword in the heading of the email, they don't have good enough attention to detail. I think I once heard that from Tim Ferriss. So then the next phase after that, 
is once they've sent in their CV and cover letter, right? Nor likes to look at both of those things. Um, honestly, for me, again, if it was up to me, I probably wouldn't care. So I just let her do her thing and look at all that stuff because I would honestly just care about performance. Then after that, what, what we do is um, she'll get well, she'll get on an interview with them and ask them questions that reveal their values without being so explicit. You don't want to say to someone, what are your values? They're going to tell you, I have integrity, trust. I believe in living it, like whatever, like no one cares. She will ask them this great question. And I just thought it was so smart because at Impact School, everyone is very much someone that goes above and beyond. And we believe that how you do one thing is how you do everything. So she'll ask them, just out of interest, can you walk me through a day in your life? Just a standard day, let's say it's a Thursday, what would you be doing? And then, you know, they'll say that. And then she'll say, okay, so let's say it was Saturday or Sunday, what would you be doing? And she looks to see if they'll still have the same values and ways of showing up on the weekend as they do during the week. So she interviewed this one guy, like she doesn't normally tell me about all this stuff in great detail because like it's just not really that relevant but this one was kind of funny she interviewed this video editor this is like a year ago and um she told me like oh yeah so at like i like to i'll roll out of bed that's what he said like I'll, I'll just roll out of bed at two probably saw my friends last night had some drinks and like it was just the fact that he said roll out of bed like that's just not real that that's a red flag and i know that may sound kind of savage to some people like that we would you know flag something like that but believe me when you have been through so many people on your team that maybe have said one thing in their interviews and then have shown up in another way like you have to nip things and these things in the bud really really early so that was honestly so funny so she'll get people to say that and we're just really looking for them to just be someone who continues to have some decent level of routine while also yeah like you know showing that you have some other interests other than just work because otherwise you might just get burnt out um so anyways after that, then she brings on a few different people and has them all do the same task. So it will be an actual relevant thing that's going on right now, because let's just say uh, you're trying to launch a new ad campaign and you're hiring a media buyer for YouTube. OK, so it's like if you were trying to launch this campaign, what would you do? And this is something that I think this was also from Patrick Lencioni, because it then comes down to the fact that you can have consulting from like 10 different people right and then you find out what their strategy would be and that's brilliant and then you can use your own initiative of your business to see what um you actually need and then yeah from there then we basically bring on like four or five people to do a trial task and then see who performs the best and then may the best man win that, that sounds very interesting I, I have i have one more question about not um a personal question about you moving to Dubai. I think you moved to Dubai maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, question is, when did you move to Dubai and why? And why not go to a different country like the US where you, where you might have more clients? I always thought that I was going to move to the US for sure. Um, to be honest, but I don't like, it just doesn't align with my values of, um, I think it's interesting with the US because like you can have a lot of freedom there, but also it just doesn't really sit right with me that they'll like tax you wherever you are in the world. Because like you might want to live there for like a year and like let's say you get your citizenship but then you're still going to get taxed anywhere um so there's that I, I was there i used to spend like a lot of months out of the year there um but to be honest yeah uh i like just being able to go there for like let's say three months and then being able to leave and having somewhere else because i feel as well the us um 
you know, and that's not to say that I'll change my mind in the future, but right now I like Dubai because I like the fact that it's such a cool place with so many cool people. And also I really just, it's very safe. It's very clean. Um, I was, I just got to Tenerife and like, I'm walking around outside and I honestly forgot that it was like this in Europe. Like all these just random dudes just beeping. Beep, beep. They come and drive close to me like, hey, hola, hola, senorita. And I'm like, seriously, dude, like I, I don't need this right now. I'm like on a call. Um, and so I honestly forgot about that. I just feel safe in Dubai. I never planned to move there though. Never. I went there on vacation. Wow. And then I just stayed. Yeah, I found out there was no tax and then I just moved. But my company got certified. So I have that video on YouTube, like how to set up a tax-free business in Dubai, free zone. And um, we were getting so many leads, like just people inquiring about it. Like we got certified from one of the free zones, how to actually set up a company in Dubai. So now my team can set up companies in Dubai too, which is cool. Just like a random offer that we have. Yeah. 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 So if you guys need it, if you need residency or company, like you can just hit me up and I'll give you the best deal. I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dubai, Dubai has a lot of uh, you know advantages to it. Like, and, and this is something that I completely forgot. You know, like having women walk down the street and being hugged at. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very me common too. Yeah, yeah, I totally scary. forgot. I totally <laughs> forgot. Yeah, well, in Morocco, they wanted to buy me for ten million camels. So <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty generous. Ten million camels is a lot. I know. Lot of money. That's a lot. That's, probably, that's a lot of camels. A lot yeah, of it's camels. probably a million dollars or more, right? <laughs> should have taken the deal yeah yeah, yeah i mean uh, i do have other questions compared, like uh, about the podcast that you started i mean you restarted tell us a little bit more yes. about the podcast and like how were you able to get like big names like you know grant cardone and others on, on the on, onto your podcast yeah so impact school podcast i um i think that's one of my favorite things about everything that i do honestly so I actually started podcasting when I was like very early on in my business journey as it were. So I had another one before. My other podcast was called Business Meets Fitness. And so that was all about like, at first it was much more fitness focused and I would bring on people that had great businesses in the fitness industry. Um, and then as time went on, I just began to realized like you know most people that were coming to me weren't necessarily coming to me for fitness honestly like they were coming to me for they had random companies that they wanted to have support with and scaling online and so um now well that well a few years ago I relaunched a, a different podcast called impact school and I honestly think that social media is so undervalued for networking so I was just with a few guys in Dubai like a couple of days ago and they were like, Lauren, you're like, you, you've networked with so many people. And honestly, I don't even really, I don't really think I have. I think I just take what I have and I, I really leverage that. So for example, if you have like a decent content on Instagram, if your page is like verified or something, it's very, very easy to be able to connect with people. Um, I know that sounds kind of, ridiculous but it is just it's just true it's like social currency right and so my Instagram page was verified like years ago when I was still in the fitness industry before there was this whole thing of like trying to get verified it was just from any PR that I guess I'd had from fitness and so I remember one time like I'd reached out to Ed Milet and uh he was like yeah let's do a podcast like because I was a I was like a huge fan girl of him like years ago 
And so we did a podcast and then I had him on. And then I could leverage that to have like other guests on like Tim Story. Um, and then Grant Cardone was doing a tour in London. And I commented on one of his uh, YouTube videos. Someone sent it to me and they were like, hey, Grant's coming to London. And I was like, hey, Grant, see you in London. And then his assistant at the time reached out to me. I was like, hey, if you want to do a podcast in person, like here's where we're going to be. Can you do this time? I was like, hell yeah, of course I can. And so, yeah, I just drove there and recorded it in person. And then when I was in Miami, um, I got to go to the office and like interview Elena as well, which was really fun. So to be honest, to answer this question, I wish I had like a formula for it. I think I'm just very... Um, I don't know. Like I'll take opportunities as they come, right? And I have a I have a system when I meet people at events. So like for example, after I meet someone at an event, like I'll I'll ask them like what's your number, what's your email. I'll then like take three notes of like three things that we spoke about, and then I'll put that on a sheet or like I'll send a Loom video to my assistant and I'll say we spoke about this, this, and this, and then she'll go through everyone and then she'll like prepare the the email template in sort of a way that's specific to that person. And it's like, these are three things we discussed so that they remember me. I always take a selfie with someone. She'll send that selfie in the email. And then also I'll say like, and here are a few things that I'm working on right now. If you ever think of anyone who might be able to benefit from these three things. And so then like, we'll follow up like that. And so then I guess, you know, it's a lot of cool things have come from that. Cause like even people send me clients cause like, I just let them know, yeah, if you ever meet anyone that's, you know, looking to scale their agency or a coaching program, add systems, build their team, or even start online coaching um, or launch an agency or something, just, just hit me up, right? And I let them know we have a great referral scheme, but most of the time people don't even want to have the referral scheme. They just want to be able to, you know, send a client. So yeah, that's maybe interesting. Maybe it's something that I just don't even realize is like a weird thing to do. No, no, it's not weird. I mean, I did receive that, but it actually kind of helps you stand out because it's really, really, you know, again, you, you basically take prospecting and personalization to the next level, which is which is yeah. cool. It definitely does help you stand out. Um, I think we have about just one minute left. And in that minute, I kind of want you to just to give us like one last um, advice, piece of advice, anything that you wanted to, to you know, our, our audience to kind of know about you or anything that can they can help them you know in their business yeah I think just don't take things so face value if everyone else in your industry is doing something it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try something else if you've seen results from it before if something what is working like double down on that you know and just because just because everyone else has like an automated webinar blah 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 like it doesn't always mean that that's the right thing for you if everyone else is running ads like it doesn't always mean that you need to do that for example I always try and spot like if something's worked for me one time like can it work again and can it work at scale and if so let's scale that thing and for me I just have realized recently like the the secret sauce whatever is like obviously there's no secret but um but that simplicity and like eliminating 80 percent like it's the Pareto principle right just 80 20 everything just 80, 20, everything you're doing. And I promise you, you'll probably get like 80% better results. <laughs> true. That's true. Again, thank you so much for being with us on this, uh, you know, podcast episode. Um, very, very happy. This was very, very insightful. Um, even for us, like people, we both run agencies. We both um, do kind of a lot of, a lot of things. But this is actually very, very uh, fresh perspective from you, Lauren. And thank you again for that.
Yeah, no, I hope it helps. And uh, thank you guys so much for having me. And if anyone wants to connect or anything, just yeah, message me on any platform. I'm Lauren Tickner. Um, and Impact School Podcast, if you wanna, yeah, if you wanna hear some more stuff. So yeah, there's the Grant Cardone interview. We've got Ed Milet. Um, I'm interviewing some other cool people coming up soon. Um, so yes, that will be revealed shortly. That would be awesome. All right. Thank you guys. And we'll see you again in the next episode.